All right. All right. Good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. Praise God. And Brother Martin, hallelujah, Brother Scotty, Brother Allen, Brother Greg, Brother Sister Cheryl, Brother Evan, hallelujah. Wait another minute. Let's let some more come online, glory to God. Today is uh, November the 24th, 2019, and my name is Brother Joseph, amen. Glory to God. I'm going to cover a lot of material, so make sure you have your Bibles out, get your pens out, get your pads Write these scriptures down. Of course, the outline is available as well if you want to follow the outline. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me post that outline for y'all. All right. There's the outline. Uh, as it says there, this is uh, video number 89, and this will be teaching outline number 77, amen, marriage. All right, let's... Uh, Let's get into some prayer, man. Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Father. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that the foundations are being restored, amen, the old paths, amen. And Father, in Jesus' name, we just take heed to your word, take heed to your spirit, O God. Quicken us, O God, according to your word, for your word is truth. As you said, Lord Jesus, they are sanctified by the word that I have spoken to them, amen. Thy word is truth. Thank you, Lord God, for this precious revelation, Father God, this teaching that you're bringing forth out of your spirit, amen. Thank you, Lord God, for those that are hearing today and those that will hear in the future, amen. Thank you, Lord God, for this wonderful opportunity, Father, to stand in your presence and minister these words of life. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to be covering a lot of ground today, so um, like I said, if you want to write scriptures down, you don't have to, but they are on the outline. Uh, and um, I encourage you to open this outline and follow along with me now. Before we get started, I wanted to cover um, something here from uh, Luke chapter 11, okay? Now, <clears throat> start with verse 14. Now, we have to understand here that, you know, this institution of marriage and what God ordained from the very beginning, as uh, Adam prophesied, for what God ordained, right, this institution of marriage is being attacked more than probably any other structure of God because one of the things about a husband and a wife, is, as Paul said in Ephesians 5 there, is that uh, this is a great mystery, right? But I'm talking about Christ and the church. So this mystery of Christ and the church is the husband and the wife and their relationship uh, towards one another and towards their family and towards others, amen? And he gave us this ordinance of marriage. He gave us this way that we should be um, conducting ourselves and whatnot from the Word of God. In other words, the Word of God is 
the, the canon, the, the Bible, was what should be directing our lives in this matter. Now, um, so let's, let's go ahead and uh, I want to cover something here in uh, Luke chapter 14. So, and he, and he was casting out a devil, and it was dumb. And it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But some of them said he cast, had casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of devils, right? And others tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. Okay? But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself falleth. Right? And if Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return upon unto mine house once I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth, findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than themselves, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. All right? Now, there's a lot of lot of information here, man, and a lot of principles that Jesus was teaching us. One of the things that I want to note here is that, first of all, he said that every kingdom, right, divided against itself, every kingdom divided against itself, verse 17, is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself shall not stand. All right? So we're talking about the institute of marriage, right? So this house, my relationship to my wife, right, if, if, if there's division there, if there's chaos, if there's confusion, right, if there's miscommunication, then there's a problem, right? He said every kingdom and every house divided against itself will not stand, okay? Now, now that goes to say with anything, right? A business, an organization that's uh, functioning, as soon as you have a conflict with an individual there in that organization, well, he causes problems, right? And, of course, the scripture says, cast out the scorner and strife shall cease. And I've seen that many times in different organizations that I've worked at. Whenever the one that's causing the problem is gone, all of a sudden there's more peace. But in this case, we're talking about husbands and wives, right? <clears throat> and we're talking about the mystery of marriage, right? Keep in mind that in discussing this subject and this topic, we're talking about Christ and the church. Okay? Now, and so if Satan to be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? All right? But verse 20, but if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now I'm going to throw this out here right now. Devils is the word diamonium, D-I-A-M-O-N-I-O-N. And it says a divine power div uh, deity, of course, from the demonic sense. But it comes from a word that says diamond, D-A-I-M-O-N. And diamond means to distribute fortunes, a demon or supernatural spirit of a bad nature. 
I'm throwing that out there because you know, people don't understand when they're involved in gambling and involved in this lottery stuff. That stuff's demonic. All right. Well, let's keep on going here. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. Okay, so right now, with what we're about to get into and stuff, the kingdom of God is coming unto you. Right? And, and, and if I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, Jesus said, then you, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. All right? And in, in, in casting out the seeds of perversion related to what a marriage is in the eyes of God and in the kingdom of God and what a unity between a man and a woman means. Notice I said man and a woman, not man and a man, not woman and a man, not man that thinks he's a woman, but the woman that thinks she's a man and vice versa. All that is demonic, right? All that came and inspired from the wrong spirit. I mean, it didn't come from the tree of life. It didn't come from Jesus Christ, right? And so, we see here in Genesis 2.24, let me read that one to you. Everything is laid out in the Word, amen. The Word has already clearly spoken on these matters. And this has been taught and preached for hundreds of years, you know, thousands of years. And this is Adam, right? He prophesied. <clears throat> and Adam said, verse 23, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Womb. Man, a man with a woman, in other words. Woman. Different species, different kind. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. They were naked because they didn't have clothes on, but they weren't ashamed because they were covered spiritually. They were under authority. Okay? Now, keep in mind here, Adam didn't come from a father and a mother way we do so he was speaking an ordinance into the earth eternal ordinance all right because god's word is eternal these things don't change he spoke this eternal word that a man shall leave his father and mother and they too shall become one this is now bone of my bones this is now flesh of my flesh bone of my bones has to say that for example my elbow is bone connected to the the, the, the bone before it. my wrist is connected to my my arm here and they have to be connected that way or else it's not going to function properly. Well, the goal in mind of what God wanted to bring with the husband and wife is unity. Unity, because one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. The scripture talks about that their prayers be not hindered, right? So the institute of marriage and what God was trying to reveal to us through the marriage and through the husband and wife is that this is how Jesus Christ is with his body, Right? Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church. Now, keep that concept in mind because all throughout this, we're going to be talking about husband and wife, but we're going to be talking about Christ and the church. Okay? And the unity of what God wanted to do in bringing his lordship in our lives, not only his savior, he's not just the savior, but he's your lord. Right? And eternal life wasn't something that you're going to live forever because... The fact of the matter is, if you don't serve God, you're going to live forever apart from God. And if you do serve God in the kingdom of God, then you're going to be with God forever. <clears throat> but so much more than that is that today, hearing from God, seeking the Lord, praying and seeking from God, and, and God ministering to you by His Spirit and by His presence, amen, the very life of God, the very Zoe of God. In Him was life, and the life was the light. John 1, 4, life is Zoe, light is false. That's Zoe Gives us comprehension, revelation, and understanding. Amen? All right. 
Now, like I said, I'm having to lay a lot of groundwork before we get into this because we need to understand some things here about what the enemy is seeking to do in the earth by distorting, right, murking up the waters, if you will, making it all cloudy and murky where you can't see clearly. And yet the word of God is very clear on this pattern that God set up. So again, Adam didn't have a father and mother, and yet he prophesied, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. How in the world did he know about a father, and how did he know about a mother? He didn't have one to say that this is my father, this is my mother, right? He knew because he had the Zoe of God, the life of God. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, a living nefesh. He was, he was getting inspiration and drive from the Lord, from his spirit. And he partook of the tree of life. But the day that they made a choice to do something outside of what God already said to do, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said, don't touch it. And the day you eat thereof, you're going to die. In other words, you're no longer going to have my breath with you, my presence, my life. <clears throat> and that's what we see happen. We went from one authority structure, one government that had peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. We had one structure that was peaceful, we could go in and out anytime we wanted. We weren't being harassed by demonic inspiration and powers, right? We could move freely before the Lord. We went from that authority structure and that government structure now to the government structure of the devil, Satan. So Satan accomplished his goal in bringing division between the Father, God, and Adam and Eve. Even so, today, in our relationship to our wives, the enemy is constantly working in, in that situation, seeking to bring division, seeking to bring problems, chaos, confusion. And by that, he's able to get into the door, right? As I was reading, he comes in, first of all, he finds it all swept and garnished. Everything's in order, everything's in peace. But when he comes in, he brings seven more stronger than himself. The way that he's brought it in is that he's confused Mankind and their understanding of what God's word says about marriage, right? He has confused these lines. He's blurred them all up. And you can't make a distinction anymore. There's people that walk around me and I'm wondering, is that a man or a woman? Right? <laughs> Sometimes you see a guy and he's got long hair and he's turned around backward. I mean, facing you from his back. You can't distinguish if he's a woman. He's constantly, he's constantly trying to murk it all up, right? Mess it all up. To bring confusion, to keep mankind in confusion, which keep in mind now, confusion, Babylon means confusion. That's what he wants. He doesn't want anybody getting unified as a husband and wife. He doesn't want you, sons and daughters of God, to come into the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. He wasn't just the Savior, but he's the Lord. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And when we get that revelation, now all of a sudden we're added to Christ. Amen? We're placed on him now because he's the foundation. He's the structure that this all comes from. Okay? Now, so in, 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 in so what we have is, like I said, in the world and in the Babylonian system, this, this situation of marriage is all confused. We don't understand why we came together with our wives. We don't understand the goal and the purpose. And so therefore we remain confused. Now, so again, this 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 whole seed, this demonic seed of what, what the enemy desires in bringing division has accomplished in many, many aspects through our lives in marriage. 
many, many, many situations. Because you have, first of all, you have two individuals that came together. They weren't mature in the things of God. <coughs> right? They weren't sons and daughters that were mature. They got together because they were attracted to one another. They got together because, you know, she's able to provide income as well as I am, you know. The bios is good. She's got a good bios. They got together because they were attracted to one another. She's got a good shape. She's got what, what I like as a man, you know. And you got all these crazy ideas of, of you know, why we come together, yet the scripture says what God has joined together. There is a way of the Lord, amen. It's called the Isaac and Rebecca principle. And uh, in that Isaac and Rebecca principle, God sent out his servant. And the type of shadows are the Holy Ghost going out to find your wife your husband, etc. And so, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that the lines have been blurred in, in what God had intended and what he has purposed in bringing forth a man and a woman together that they might become one and function as one and pray as one and, and live unto the Lord. Amen. As unto the Lord. Now, Psalms 11, verse 3. Let's go to that. This is a famous scripture. You know, everybody... Everybody has, has, you know, has uh, has heard this principle in this verse. In Psalms chapter eleven, verse three, it says that if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Right, and that's the King James version. I'm gonna read four more other versions here. You can see the foundation was Jesus Christ. The Scripture says that the stone that the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. That stone, Jesus Christ, is the one. That the religious rulers of the day when Jesus Christ was in the earth and of today is the same stone that the builders keep rejecting. But if you will acknowledge the lordship of Jesus Christ and the revelation of who Christ is first and get the kingdom of God established in your heart first, then you will begin to see the way of the Lord and understand in him was life and the life was the light. Then he'll be able to bring you that light and comprehension and understand of what the kingdom of God is. And the kingdom of God is not a building made with hands. And it's not all these churches and these organized systems that are out there. The body of Christ is the church. We are the ones that have been called out of the world, called unto God. We are the ecclesia. We are the governmental system of Jesus Christ in the earth. He said, I, upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this rock, me, Jesus, I'm going to set up my government and my structure in your lives, Peter, and the rest of them that were there. And when I do, then I can begin to rule right from your heart rule and dominate in the spirit jesus christ when he came into the earth he did not come as a priest he came as a king of a domain kingdom representing his father amen doing the works of his father speaking the words of his father the words weren't his the work wasn't his it was all in representation he was the son of god he said if you've seen me you've seen the father and that's what we're talking about if you've seen my sons, you see me. If they see me, they see them. And their mamas, right? Oh, he looks so much like his daddy. It's supposed to be that way, man. <laughs> All right. Now, <clears throat> the foundations. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You see, we're trying to fix all this broken system out there. We're trying to fix marriages. We're trying to work in counseling people out there. And yet we're not coming forth from the word of the Lord. The scripture says that, that God has given me a word in season that I should know how to speak to them who is weary. 
See, when you're led of the Spirit of God, the Scripture says these are the sons of God, the fully mature sons. The sons of God, the daughters of God that are mature, know how to bring a word in season to him that is weary. And let me tell you something. It's rough out there in the world. Let me read a scripture on that note. Second Corinthians chapter 10. In the message translation. The world is unprincipled. 10.3. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live our battles. We don't live or fight our battles that way. We never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but are there for demolishing that entirely that entire massively corrupt culture. This culture, right, that's instituted all this perversion, all these seeds that were involved in this apostolic campaign of this arduous duty, this military, this warfare that were involved in of taking out the bad seed and putting in the good seed of the kingdom of God. And the foundations, for the most part, those that are out there in the world have been destroyed and in the Babylonian systems. And so, and the reason I'm saying that is the world is unprincipled. Do you think that the world is going to give us rest? <laughs> the scripture says in Isaiah 9 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. When you're established in the kingdom of God, you have a seal of significance on your life. You realize that the highest achievable goal that you can attain is a son or daughter of God, not a pastor, not an ordained minister. That's not the highest significance. The highest significance that you can attain to is to be a son or daughter of God that represents your father in the earth now. And that's called the seal of significance. And this is what Summit is all about. Attaining Kingdom Summit, attaining to the highest achievable goal is as a son or daughter of God. That's it. There's no need to try to be all these things that the world says you're supposed to be. All this idolatry that's out there. Right? And it's interesting that when these sons of God went out in, in their campaigns, and I read this last week about examples of an apostolic campaign, Josiah, and then uh, what was that other king? The Second Chronicles 15, I think. Hold on. Second Chronicles 15. Yeah. Azariah, the son of Obed, moved by the Spirit of God, went out to meet Asa. Now Asa, like I said, these guys established the altar of the throne of God in the hearts first. God has to remove all this idolatry, all this dead works, all this stuff that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Get all that out of the way and then we can lay the foundation and begin with Jesus Christ in the hearts and the lives of the people. Not trying to take over a work. Not trying to take over other men's works as he says in 2 Corinthians 10 as we read on down. We're not interested in that. We're not interested in that as sons of God, daughters of God. All we want is to expand the kingdom of God right here in the hearts of the people. All right? <clears throat> now, I'm pretty pumped up right now because, like I said, the foundations, we got a problem, amen? The scripture says of, the, of, the, of, the, of God, Jehovah, that the Lord God is a man of war. The Lord is his name. The word, Exodus 15, 3 there, the word man is the word ish. He's an ish, man of war. And one of the words there, it says he's a champion. There's a scripture. All right, let me get into another scripture here. Praise God. 
No man that warreth. Let me look that up. Second Timothy two, four and six. One through six. Second Timothy two. Four through six. No man that warreth, okay, entangleth themselves with the affairs of this life. Bios is the word. Bios means livelihood. Warreth is the word stratomai, to make a military expedition, to lead soldiers to war or to battle. Spoken of a commander, to do military duty, to be on active service, to be a soldier to fight. It says here, to serve in the military campaign figuratively, to execute the apostolate with its arduous duties and functions, to contend with carnal inclinations. Every time we contend with that carnality that comes out of that soul, man, a man living after himself, basically, or a woman, that's called an arduous duty. That's a hard work to get that seed out, put the right seed in, right? Scripture calls that a military campaign, I mean, the apostolic campaign. And so... <clears throat> And it's our just duties, man. These are hard functions and duties that we operate in. It says, No man that warreth entangleth themselves with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a good soldier. Soldiers strato logeo to gather an army to collect. Enlist soldiers. So what we're doing in the kingdom of God is enlisting sons and daughters of God. Come on in. There's plenty of room in the kingdom of God. Amen. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Right? In my father's house are many mansions. In other words, I've got an inheritance for you, sons and daughters of God. If you'll come and follow my pattern and my way. Don't follow the pattern of the Babylonian systems. Don't follow the patterns of the world. Right? Forget all that. Come and follow me. Come and follow me for my yoke is easy my burden is light. Amen? You'll find rest unto your souls if you come to me, Jesus said. Join me is what the Lord is saying. And that's what sons and daughters of God do. Join the Lord. <clears throat> all right oh man now recently right we went on this on this um, trip to this work of the Lord we went into McDaniels Kentucky all right and a couple of weeks prior to this you know I had an impression that I need to get the tires changed on the truck all right and I just kind of kept putting it off and now I'll do it next weekend next week and so on well, then I got a call and said, but Joe, you know, we need to use your truck. I said, okay. I said, okay, no problem. Well, that day when I got off work, I'm going to get the tires changed. But the point is that the Holy Ghost was telling me, Joseph, you need to get ready because what you don't know is that they're going to have a conflict trying to find a van. And they went to four different locations trying to find a certain van to take eight individuals to McDaniels, Kentucky, and they couldn't locate one. The places that they went to said they had it, and then when they got there, we don't have it. We have this as an alternative. Anyway, <clears throat> myself and another brother took his vehicle. I took my vehicle. The point I'm trying to make is that the Holy Ghost was trying to get me ready because he knew that they were going to need you, Joseph, in this aspect. Now, glory to God, you know, for me, it was a big learning experience because I understand now why the Lord needs us to be ready all the time. No man that warreth entangleth themselves with the affairs of this bios. In other words, the bios and the livelihood and the things that we do to earn our incomes and stuff, that's not the primary thing. The primary thing is when the Father says, I need you, Joseph, you got to drop everything and go. 
That's what he wanted to know when he was talking to this rich young ruler and these other individuals that wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus, and they asked him, what, 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 what do you want me to do? And he said, sell all that you have and give to the poor. Oh, wait a minute, Jesus, I, I got a lot of stuff. You see, that individual was entangled with the affairs of this life. He had other priorities that, that were higher, other priorities that were higher than the Father, than Jesus. So the point I'm getting to here is that <clears throat> this world and, and, and this Babylonian system, when you're in the world and when you're in the system, you're always struggling. The works that you're doing, they're not going anywhere. No life is being produced. You're coming from the wrong tree. You're coming from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I have an idea. Did you check in with the Lord? I have an idea. I know some individuals, they work for a hospital organization. Right? You know, they like, you know, they, they have, they have, you know, they're not, they're not Christian. Christ-like. When I say Christian, I'm talking about after the Lord Jesus, not the world, Babylon. And that's the issue, right? Babylon's taking everybody. I mean, come on in. Come here and make your bed with me. I'll put you to work. I'll wear you down until all your gifts and talents and abilities have been exploited to the max. And then what do you do? You're worn out, man. You're tired, man. So, <clears throat> this foundation, right? What can the righteous do? Well, thank God that God is raising up sons of God, daughters of God, amen, that want God, not the world and its Babylonian system. And again, we're going into McDaniels, Kentucky. Eight individuals went, eight males, men. Nobody was interested in breaking rank or trying to get the attention. All we did was go with an attitude of service towards the Lord, serving one another, helping one another. And as, as the need arose, as an individual from that area, from Kentucky, had questions or things related to the kingdom of God and the word of God, just distributed, breaking it forth freely. No conflicts, no problems, because every man knew that every one of his brothers were going to represent the Father. <coughs> Amen. And every one of us knew that each one or the other was going to represent the Father. We weren't Worried about that, man. Everybody in unity. Right? Blessed. Blessed are the brethren that dwell together in unity, the scripture says. Huh. All right. Let me go to another scripture here. Trying to get going here on this outline, but but, but, but this thing, this, this, this seal of significance, this sonship is so critical because everything comes from that foundation of Christ. How to be a husband, how to be a wife, how to be a single brother, how to be a single sister, how to be a young single brother, a young single sister, how to be, you know, a, a youth and how to be an infant and, and so on. How we should manage our lives but in conjunction with the word of God. In all facets and situations in the world, and how we conduct ourselves. Well, you're in the world, but not of the world, etc., etc. Wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. God's word is covered on this. In the message translation, that same scripture in Psalm 11:3, it says, The bottoms dropped out of the country. Good people don't have a chance. Yeah, we know that's not true, amen. There's a remnant, glory to God. Amplifying says, says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the unyieldingly righteous do? Or what has the righteous one wrought or accomplished? 
and the good God's word translation, when the foundations of life are undermined, what can a righteous person do? And what we're going to be discussing, right, marriage today, if this foundation is undermined, what can we do? This institute of what God instituted to bring forth sons of God, daughters of God, mature in their respect and their relationship to their fathers and mothers in the natural, teaching them how to conduct themselves and function, right? Everywhere they go, knowing that when you raise them up, you train them up properly. Get them to that place where they're ready. Then the Holy Ghost is going to go out and find them. They're made. Like my two sons, their wives. And me and their mamas involved in their lives and helping them. And they have conflicts and problems. The elders, eldership, the elder rule, those in the, the, in the body of Christ that are elders. They know how to bring the word in season, amen. They know understand the soul and its manipulations and how it tries to trick and slide around and hide. In the good news Bible, there is nothing a good person can do when everything falls apart. You see? And we have to understand this. Satan understands this word, amen? Scripture says that the devils believe and they tremble. Believe what? Believe this word. Satan was right there with Jesus Christ. Satan was there with Gabriel and Michael. Each one of them was a chief angel. Arche, number one. They had their post and they had their place. Can you imagine Lucifer, an archangel, chief number one angel? Everywhere he turned, man, made beautiful sounds and music. That anointing, that strength to bring forth the psalmist ministry and minstrel, that anointing, that strength managed by these angels in the, in the heavenlies, that, that's what they catered to. Those angels, those demonic angels and so on, that were not, that were. First of all, they were angels before they were God angels, angels of God before they were demonic. That's more than likely what they functioned in, man. They were praisers, they were worshipers. And then the scripture says that, you know, Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning. As soon as iniquity found his, found his heart, he said, I'm going to be like the Most High. I'm going to operate like God. I'm going to set my congregation aside to the north. I will be like the Most High. I'm going to sit on the throne. I'm going to rule. Well, Guess what, buddy Christ? Guess where Satan wants to rule from? Your soul. If he can sit in that place and dictate your life from your soul through the demonic seeds, right? Corruptible seed. Whether he's there or not, if he can sit there and manage your life, he knows that his work is accomplished. I'm going to read an example here, Matthew 4, 6. Matthew 4, 6. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. He quoted that scripture right from Psalms 91, 11 through 12. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Look at that, man. You don't think Satan knows this word? You better believe he does. And he knows when we're out of order with God and what God instituted and what God set up in our lives from the word of God in relationship to marriage, as we're discussing today, he knows that if he can get you all twisted up and confused in that area, he's got the game won. 
Mr. Allen posted about Joseph, you're speaking of true fellowship, but it can only happen in the spirit. That's right. Because if there's no relationship with your father, then there can be no relationship with the body of Christ. It has to come here first. Because you can only distribute and testify what you receive from the father. All right. Now, we understand John 10.10, 10, right? Let's go read it. John 10.10. 10. The thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I am come that they might have Zoe, and that they might have it more abundantly. A couple things there, right? <clears throat> the thief comes to steal. What, what is a thief, right? A thief takes what doesn't belong to them. So if you have an inheritance in Jesus Christ, healing's been provided, prosperity's been provided, wisdom's been provided, right? The Spirit of God's been provided. The way of God's been provided. All of this that you have in your inheritance as a son of God, daughter of God. He comes to take what's not his. He's a thief. Now, Satan knows how, he, he knows that if he can keep you distracted from the Word of God, keep the Word of God from getting in your heart, he knows that the goal is accomplished. Because the power to generate Jesus Christ in our lives in the kingdom of God is the word of God. That seed that regenerates after its kind. If you didn't listen to the prior two videos to this video, we talked about that. The seed is the sperm of God. Right? Let's take a look at John 10 again. I'm going to read a couple things here. I'm just going to skip around. But the point being here is we want to discuss something called the Porter Ministry. Real quick. The Porter Ministry is the ministry of you managing what goes in and out of your lives. Just like you manage what goes in and out of your home. All right? Somebody comes in uninvited, you don't let them in. But if you know they're coming, they're, they're coming to fix a problem, a plumber, for example, you let them in because they were invited. They, this, this appointment was set up. Jesus said, John 10, 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entered then not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Everybody that seeks to operate on principles outside of the authority structure, in this respect, for me and my home, right? The enemy always tries to come to get into our home and bring sickness and disease and poverty, etc. To keep us at a disadvantage. And if we're not, if, if I'm not managing my son's lives and my wife's lives and watching what's going on in their lives, if they're not in turn watching me, Guess what? The enemy's going to come in. So Jesus said, and he said that that's the principle of thief and robber. Everybody tries to come up another way. For example, let's say you're at work, right? And there's a conflict or a problem. Rather than come to you, they're going to go to, and then they don't necessarily go to your manager, but they go over that manager, his manager. Why didn't they go to the direct manager of that individual? Because they're operating the principle of thief and robber. They don't understand these ordinances. They don't understand why it's important to function in the right order. All right? He says, verse 2, But he that entered in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. I enter in by my door, right? In and out of my home. My sons, they enter in and out, my wife. But they understand authority, right? They understand the structure here. Now, verse 3, To him the porter openeth. Porter means a doorkeeper, a porter, a porter. A watcher. 
And so it says here, to him the porter opened and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. See, I can call my sheep, my, my family by name and lead them out as we go somewhere, for example. Or I can say somebody's coming, they're going to be here at this time. I'm setting it up. The porter, which is me of this home, go ahead and let that guy in, let that person in. They're going to go do some work for us. But somebody that shows up uninvited, no, 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 no. You ain't coming in here. On Saturdays, there's individuals that are walking around trying to come in and bring their stuff and their trash and their religion. No, 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 no. I'll stand out there and I'll preach to you the kingdom of God, but you're not coming to my home. It's the same thing with what we're watching, what we're hearing, television, radio, music, internet. And not only that, we're porter over, porters over our own lives. You have to be mindful of what's going on now in and out of your life. Because when it comes to that time when you need to submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And the devil's not fleeing because you're not being submitted to the word of God and being obedient to the word of God. Guess what? Your resistance is futile, has no power, no authority. Nobody's backing you up. But when you submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, he will flee. He's got to go. Many times in my, in my relationship with my wife, right, the enemy's coming in, he's trying to sow discord. Right? Complex problems. My wife is, you know, I mean, it, ha it happens both ways, right? If I'm not mindful, I'll let a demonic inspiration breathe through me, and all of a sudden I'm in this attitude. And then I begin to pray, and I bind those evil spirits in my life, in her life, in my sons and daughters' lives, sons of God, I mean, my sons' lives. And guess what? Within a few seconds, peace and tranquility. We have to be this way all the time. Okay, now, so anyway, the point is, is that he says that, um, verse 12, but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, by the way, the word is a shepherd, the word is poimen, which is the same word that's translated pastor in Ephesians 4, 9, I think, or four twelve, I don't know, but it says uh, poimen here, whose own the sheep are not. Seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and they are scattered, and they and scattered the sheep. So, in other words, right in the Babylonian system, right, we got these entertainers that come in all the time, and we pay them, give them an offering, right, for their work. And the scripture says that these guys are hirelings, man. Hireling means a wage worker, and they're not the shepherd of the sheep. They're not interested in building a relationship with the body of Christ. They don't want to establish anything. They just want you to buy their stuff. Ridiculous, right? And leave it the sheep and flee it, and the wolf catches them and scatters them. The word scatter there is the word scorpizo, which is where, they were, where we get scorpio. Scorpio means to scatter, to dissipate, to put the flight to waste. That's what the enemy wants. He wants everybody scattered, right? Nobody united, nobody in cause in the kingdom of God, cause for the kingdom of God, right? Everybody just scattered and doing their own thing. Well, guess what, man? Jesus Christ is here, and he's bringing his people together, and he's putting out the trumpet, and the sound is going forth, amen, of the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of Babylon, not the kingdom of the world, but the domain and the dominion of Jesus Christ, ruling as kings, as Jesus did, serving as priests, unto the Father, unto the people. Melchizedek, Zedek, Melchizedek. Mm. All right. So again, we're all porters, John chapter 10. And as I said, we discussed last week, the seed is in itself, the sperm of God, Matthew 13, 24. Matthew 13, 24. 
Is there not a cause? Hallelujah. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good sperma in his field. Who's the field of God? You are, body of Christ. I am. And that seed of God is getting sown into our hearts. Amen? And anyway, the suffice to say that the enemy, he's coming to seek, steal, kill, and destroy. He takes what is not his own. He steals, kills, and destroys the family, and destroys our finances, and destroys our health. All right? Now, 46, amen. Now, we're going to get into now the reason I had to lay all that out there because we need to understand that the Word of God is final authority in our lives. It has to be. If we can't follow this government, this law, this word, not law in the sense that, as in the Old Testament, under that administration, but we're talking about the administration of the Spirit, amen? We're talking about after Christ. We're not talking about Moses' administration. All right? So I put some statement here. It's in, in uh, section 2 there, Roman number 2. Apostolic order. What does that mean? Divine order, divine authority. The order of first things, first things first. You know, I was meditating on this, right? Apostolic, right? The scripture says of Jesus, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, this morning when I was praying. Is that? Hmm. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Consider is to per perceive, to remark, to observe, to understand. Consider the high priest and apostle. Why did, why did, why did, why did Paul say that about Jesus? Right? Why? Why the apostle or profession, right? I'll tell you why. Because the apostle and the grace that God has put on that, that Jesus Christ and that gift that he's given unto men, and I stress men because it wasn't, given to women, no disrespect, but if we're going to follow the Word of God, that's what it teaches us, and, I, and we're going to get into that later, but the point is, is that the reason he had to send apostle first, and why Jesus had to come first, is because the apostle brings order, he brings the foundation, that anointing, that grace is to speak to the foundation all the time, laying the foundation, I watered, Apollos watered, I watered, Apollos planted, but God gave the increase. One is planted, one is watered. We're farmers, if you will, sowing the seed of the kingdom of God into the field. Bringing forth the sperm of God that brings forth the sperma, excuse me, of God that brings forth the kingdom of God. So the order of first things had to be that he sent forth that apostolic grace first. Now look at this scripture, Mark chapter 4. By the finger of God, amen, cast out devils. <clears throat> All right, let me find this verse here. Hmm. Praise God. Verse 29. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle because the harvest has come. In other words, that grace of the, the apostolic anointing is to bring up a harvest and to gather that harvest. They know how to sow the seed in the right season. 
they know how to bring it forth as a sower sowed the word. Not sowing and not broadcasting, just throwing it out there, but understanding how to work with the Holy Ghost to be sensitive to those that are being that are sensitive to the Lord at that season. And knowing how to bring the word in season is going to make an impact and a distinction in their lives unto the Lord. And this word here, put it then, is the word apostello, which is the root word of where our apostles come from, to send out. In other words, the one that's sent out to gather the harvest, is he sends forth that apostolic grace and that anointing because it does, it is, it does what its nature is, is to gather unto the Lord. And not only that, water and plant the seed where the ground is ready. <laughs> All right. So apostolic order, amen. Psalm 91.1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This abiding in the Word, abiding in Jesus Christ, abiding in the shadow is that place that you're under authority. And when you're under authority, you have authority. There is no authority outside of the Word of God. All authority is ordained of God, whether in the world and in the kingdom of God, obviously. <clears throat> and our attitude to authority is key in our relationship as sons and daughters of God to our Father. If we don't respect authority in the land, guess what? We're out of order in that respect. Now look at this. This is Psalm 11, 7. God's business is putting things right. He loves getting the line straight, setting us straight. Once we're standing tall, we can look him straight in the eye. Aye. Authority and order are very important. God is a God of order and of authority. Authority was not meant to control and exercise dominion over. It was always meant to edify and to build up and protect. I remember when I was doing some substitute teaching, and uh, um, uh, these kids, I think they were third or fourth graders, and I says, how many of you like rules? Raise your hand. I think only two people raised their hands, and I said, how many don't like rules? Right? All of them raised their hand except those two. And the point is, is that I began to explain to them if there was no rule, there would be no order. And if there was no order, there would be chaos. Can you imagine if we didn't have guidelines out there in, in our freeway systems and our, in our uh, homes and residential areas and stuff and cars driving by, right? It's an understood law, right? When you're driving by residential, 35 miles an hour. Well, what if there was no understood law? Then what if there was no rule about it, and everybody can just drive up and down 100 miles an hour, 75 miles an hour, whatever. Right? Well, I sure would never let my kids out in that situation. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what I was explaining to these young children. I said, we need rules. We need order. We need authority. Because if we don't have that, we can't maintain and establish rule. <clears throat> right? And again, not for, not as the world does it, right? Jesus told them told his disciples. Don't exercise dominion. Don't think that this is about power and now you're on the top. The reason you're there is because you've been given a grace by the Lord to manage. And if you're not taking care of the people that you're serving, then you're in it for the wrong motive. 
the scripture teaches us clearly that God, Jesus Christ, was seeking out servants, disciples that would become servants, servants known because he could command them and direct them by the Spirit in any situation. All right? Now, that's right, praise God. Now, so we're going to talk now here about canon rule. All right, canon. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So it says here, all right, <clears throat> for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and commending themselves among them, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. But we will not boast of things without our measure. But according to the measure of the rule of God, which God has distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. Now, a couple of things there is that, first of all, comparing yourselves among yourselves. The scripture says it's not wise. And Paul was saying, we're not doing that at all. And then he says, we won't boast. Boast is to brag or to glory or to, or to vaunt, you know, to speak out there. All right? To glory in yourself. Of things without our measure. The first word measure there is the word amatros. A-M-E-T-R-O-S. And amatros means without measure or immense. Immoderate. In other words, excessive. Right? One of the wisdoms of God in understanding how to function and operate in what you do is that if you stay in that grace and that metron of what you're doing, you're going to always be successful. But as soon as you step out and try to do something else that you're not graced for, man, you're going to be fumbling the ball every time you turn around. Causing problems, not understanding order <clears throat> and processes and why it's important, etc. In that respect of what that thing is. For example, if I try to turn around and and uh, and and do some uh, uh, mechanic work, let's say change out a water pump or something, I would have a conflict because I I would do it, I could do it, but it wouldn't be graceful. My fingers would be all cut up. I, I, I should have started this process this way and I messed up and I now I got to back up. I mean, there would be all kinds of problems. And so the principle there is, okay, so amateur, somebody that's immoderate or out of order, in other words, excessive. So he says, we're not going to boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure, which is the word metron now, and metron means an instrument for measuring, a measure, something that you measure yourself against, Right? A ruler, for example, you put a ruler, you put a line down, you need a straight line, you need to cut here, you need to, you know, you need to change this angle here and all this stuff, right? But according to the measure of the rule of God, which God has distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. The second word, there's three words measure there, and, and the first one is amatros, the second two are metron. A rule, a ruler, if you will, to reach even unto you, O Corinthians, as he was stating here. Now, this word measure of the rule in the middle there, rule is the word cannon. Cannon is a straight, a rod or straight piece of rounded wood to which anything is fastened to keep it straight. A rule, okay? That is a standard of faith and practice by implication of boundary. That is a sphere of activity, a realm of activity. When you're in your metron, when you're in your sphere of activity, you're operating under the graces that God has given you. But when you step out of that realm and try to step in another man's line of things, you're out of order. <clears throat> so it says here, the measure of the rule, 
the canon rule, the canon is, are the six, they call the Bible the canon. The 66 books of the Bible are the canon. All right? And the canon simply means that which is prescribed, the things that have been prescribed to us by the Word of God. All right? And it measures, it sets boundaries for us so that we know how to stay safe and in our place. Well, the same thing in the world, right? You got traffic signs. You got all this area that has to be maintained in order. And when it's out of order, guess what? Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Take a look at that. Mm, Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject to another higher powers. For there is no power but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. Wherefore, whosoever therefore resisteth the power resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid for... He beareth not the sword in vain, for he is an minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Every time the word power is used in these verses, it's the word exousia, which means authority. Let's read it again. For let every soul be subject unto the higher authority, for there is no authority but of God, and the authorities that be are ordained of God. All authorities of God. So if there's no authority, there can be no order, and there can be no process. There, can be, there can't be principles. If you don't have rules, if you don't have what to measure against, then you don't know what the standard is. So you just do whatever you want to do. This is why God is opening now the teacher, amen, and bringing the teacher to the body of Christ so they can understand the way of the Lord, so they can understand what's been written in the canon to go forth and understand what their purpose is. Right? And so therefore... If there was no order, there's no authority. If there's no order, there's going to be chaos. And that's what I told those kids, you know. <clears throat> so the canon rule is what we measure. It is not wise to compare yourselves among yourselves. Measure our lives against Jesus Christ, against the Word. Don't compare yourselves to what's out there in the world. Don't try to be like Mike. Be who you are. Be in your own operations. Function operate in the grace that God has given you. And the talents that he's put on your life. Because it came from the Lord, amen. The world is constantly comparing themselves among themselves, man. They want to be like everybody else and never can be who they are and be original, amen. The carnal person compares themselves among themselves because they're not wise. And he says, we will not boast. We're not going to glory or vaunt or brag without our measure, without our emetros, immoderate or without measure. But we will boast according to the measure of the metron. The rule of God, the canon, the Bible, of which God has distributed, Maritzo, divided into parts and a portion to share to us a measure, a metron, to reach and arrive upon to extend even unto you. Praise God. Every man has his measure. Every man has his operation. It's all distinct and it's all unique. But when you're servants of God and doing it as unto the Lord, you're not interested in somebody's doing it better than you. You're going to serve and you're going to operate the way God has given to you. All right. <clears throat> well, it's 10 one. Let me see here. Should I keep going? 
I don't think that's a good place to stop, but no. All right, so we're going to pick it up on the canon rule next time we're together, amen. Again, we're talking about, we're laying a foundation. We need to understand some things. We need to understand what we need to measure against to understand what a husband is, to understand what a wife is, to understand our attitude towards one another, to understand the order of what God has established and bringing to that they might be one. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. We are united in purpose. We're not the same thing. You see, we're not the same person. We're the individual. We're unique, but we're united now in one purpose and cause. Amen? Praise God. Father, I thank you for this tremendous opportunity, Father. I thank you, Lord God, as we stand here in the presence of God, ministering the words of life, ministering that canon rule, that word of God, understanding what the standard is, Father God, that we might know what to measure our lives against. Thank you, Lord God, for all those that are partaking now, that are partaking, in the, that will partake in the future. Thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity, Father. We bless you, Father, and we love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to until I am lost in your love. Yes, yes.
name, Lord Jesus. We glorify your name, Lord. We glorify your name. Oh 